Lord, we want to thank you today for your goodness. We want to thank you for your son. We want to thank you for your mercy. We want to thank you, God. Hallelujah. That you came to where we were. And you brought us out of a horrible pit and set our feet upon a solid and a firm foundation and established our coming in and our going out. We just want to thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Slap your neighbor a high five and tell him I'm glad he came. Oh, you got to act a little more excited than that. Tell your other neighbor, I'm glad he came. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Wow, we've had an awesome time in worship, haven't we? Did you enjoy the drama ministry, student ministry driven? Amen. Appreciate Pastor Matt and Tiffany and team that leads them each and every week and we get to get a glimpse of that every once in a while and we're thankful for that how about the choir do you enjoy the event choir yeah yeah that's about as uh, soul as white folk can get amen praise god <laughs> I appreciate Pastor Jamie, amen, and Stacy. Would you just give it up for them today? God bless them. Amen. I just appreciate you being in the house of the Lord today. Amen. want to share with you today, we've been talking about this perfect gift that uh, God has sent us. We sometimes will buy a gift. Have you ever bought someone a gift and they really didn't appreciate it? makes you feel like saying you ain't getting nothing next year. You do your best, you run around, you try to get what they you think they want, have to fight with crazy folk, and then they don't even appreciate it. You just want to lay hands on them with a brick and send them on to glory, if that's where they're going. Amen. But there is a perfect gift. And that gift is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was sent to you and I, and no matter where you are, no matter where you're at, no matter your age, no matter your status in life, no matter if it's a good day, a bad day, if it's the worst year of your life or the greatest year of your life, this perfect gift has been sent to you and I that we can have life and have it to its fullest. Amen. Today, uh, we, we've talked about hope, the first Sunday, because we live in a hopeless society. People are taking their very lives because they don't have any hope for tomorrow, and they need to hear about Jesus. Other people have no peace in their lives. We have no peace in our nation. We have no world peace. We don't have family peace. And there's even inner turmoil in individuals' hearts and minds. But God sent peace. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world is given, but my peace. Because the world's peace is determined by the circumstances around your environment. 
But you see, the peace that God gives you, that even in the midst of your circumstance, he gives you a peace in your heart to know that I've got this. Everything's going to be all right. I'm going to take care of this. Today, I want to talk to you about this perfect gift that come being Jesus Christ. And uh, today I won't be reading Luke chapter 2. That's where you can find the story of Jesus. And we had it acted out here by the drama team today. They rehearsed that to you. That Jesus was born in swaddling clothes. He was laid in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. But I want to talk to you today specifically about why Jesus came. And I know that this scripture is always read at Christmas, uh, and it'll be real familiar to you. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 14. That was a joke. But I want to read Ezekiel 3 verse 14 and 15. And the Bible said, So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away and went in, and I went in my own bitterness and in the heat of my spirit. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Then I came to the captives of Tel Abid, who dwelt by the river Cherub. And I sat where they sat and remained there astonished among them seven days. Now, this is the story of Ezekiel whenever he has been sent to the house of Israel. God tells him their hearts are hardened, they are bitter, they are stiff-necked, they will not respond to his direction, and God sends Ezekiel to go straighten them out. Today I want to talk about this perfect gift, and I know that this is not a normal scripture for Christmas, but if you'll just give me a few moments today, I want to show you why this perfect gift has come to us. Because it is important that we connect with people. Because if we do not connect with people, it is very hard for them to hear us. That's what preachers do. We work diligently. We search to be relevant so that 300 people can hear and relate. That is the only way that you can be effective is somehow find people where people are and somehow get into their situation and be able to relate to them. It doesn't matter if you're the most wise person alive. If they don't think that you care about them, they will not receive your counsel and your wisdom. It doesn't matter if, if all of the, you have it all together and you have the wisdom of Solomon. When people do not perceive that you care about their situation, they will turn you off. When you start talking about things, on the other hand, that people can relate to, you gain their attention. If I were to talk to you today about Starbucks, if I were to talk to you about coffee, I would get most of your attention. Somebody else, I may have to start talking about 
Coles or the mall. Somebody else, I may gain your attention by talking about sports. But whenever I begin to find where you are and relate to where you are, I gain your attention so that you understand that I relate to where you are. And whenever I am relevant to you, then you give me your ear to be able to hear what I have to say. You can't help people when you have forgotten what they are going through. That is the reason why Jesus came. The enemy wants you to feel so self-important and become out of touch with hurting humanity that you can no longer relate to where they are. You can't help people when you have forgotten what it's like to be them. It is possible to become so successful that you no longer relate to those who are struggling. It is possible for you to be so far removed from that day that you didn't have it all together. And you didn't have it all going on. That somehow you've got past the struggle and past the difficulty till you forget what it is like to be where they are. Whenever God delivers us from poverty, you can never get so delivered that you forget what it is like to be impoverished. Whenever God delivers you from addiction, you can never get so delivered that you can't remember what it was like yourself getting free. When you were in sin, you can never get so delivered from sin that you forget it's of shame and it's iniquity and it's reproach that was brought upon your own life. We must remember what it was like when we didn't have it together, when we did not have Christ. Because you can't help me if you get so delivered that you forget what I am going through. Don't forget to remember. Ezekiel had an encounter with God. And the Bible said he fell down on his face. You see, when God really uses you, it doesn't make you stand up. It makes you want to fall down. If God's anointing in his presence ever uses you and manifests in your life to be able to help others, it does not cause you to become proud. It humbles you that you, humanity, in your frail state and in your brokenness yourself was able somehow to reach out and help somebody else that was hurting and broken. You see, Ezekiel had a real encounter with God and God told him to get up on his feet because you see, sometimes you have to get in a position where you can hear from God. You can't always be in a place where that you can not hear him, but you have to get in a position, whatever that position may be for you, where that you can hear what God is saying. He told Ezekiel, get on your feet. I'm going to use you. I'm going to send you down to a people who have, are in captivity. A people who are held in hostage. Ezekiel was serious about his mission. 
he, he, he believed in what he was sent to do. He, he took it to whole heart. He was going to go down there and do exactly what God told him to do. But the Bible says he went in the heat and the bitterness of his own spirit. In other words, he went down there to straighten them out. He went down there to tell them something. You better listen to me. Huh? Straighten it out. We must always be careful not to do his work our way. We want to straighten people out. And we can do a right thing, yet do it a wrong way. We can be right and still have wrong motives. So before you lay your hands on me, make sure that he has laid his hands on you. So that when you come to me, you don't come in the heat of your own bitterness. But you come in the compassion of understanding that you have been where I am at. And you know the suffering and the pain and the difficulty in which I am now facing. You see, Ezekiel went down there to preach and to straighten them out. But suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he couldn't preach. He couldn't talk. The Bible said he just went down there and he sat where they sat. For seven days, he didn't say a word. For seven days, he was speechless. Seven days, no words would utter from his lips. For seven days, nothing but sitting in that place where they sat. And seven days, he just sat there and watched what they were going through. Felt their pain. Felt what it was like to be in captivity. Felt what it was like to be hostage by sin and hardened in their hearts. He felt what they were feeling because he was sitting where they are sitting. Have you ever wished that someone would come into your room and keep their mouth shut? Just come in and shut up and just sit where I'm sitting. Before you straighten me out, just sit down and shut up. Before you tell me how to do a thing, just sit where I'm sitting so you can see the world from my eyes. So you can feel what I'm feeling. So you can see what I'm seeing. So you can understand why I'm acting the way I'm acting and trying to deal with what I'm dealing with. Before Ezekiel could preach, before he could straighten them out, for seven days he sat where they sit. And after seven days he put away his, you better get it together speech. Before, after seven days he, he, turned, he left his message in his pocket of you better turn or you're going to burn. 
he just sat where they were sitting and came to receive an understanding of why they were responding the way they were responding. In order to serve people, you must have God's compassion. In order for you to deal with what they are dealing with, you must have the compassion of Christ working in your life. Because how can you help me if you have never sat where I'm sitting? How can you tell me, a mother, a single mother raising three children, that I better get my act together when I can't even take care of my children? How can you tell me I better straighten up and start acting right whenever you don't know the pain of of losing a child and can't get another one? You might say, that's good. But what does this have to do with Christmas? Everything. Because you see, this is an Old Testament picture of Jesus coming to us. You might say that's all well and good, but this is a perfect picture of the gift of Jesus coming into the earth. This is the reason that Jesus came, my brothers and sisters. He did not come to establish his kingdom. His kingdom was already established. He never came to prove anything. He was already king of kings and lord of lords. He did not come to say this, I'm all of that. He was already all of that. And he is setting up the right hand of the father. He came to earth to sit where you're sitting. He came to feel your pain. He came to heal your brokenness. He came to understand mankind so that when we would come to him and we would say to him, Jesus, we need help. He could not say with hollow words, I know how you feel. He could say with sincerity in his heart, I have been where you are at. I have sit where you are sitting. And I know the pain, I know the trouble, and I know the difficulty, but I am your way out. Oh, if you know that to be true, give him praise today. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points. Say all points. That means he sat where you're sitting. We don't have time to go through all the details today. But just understand, personally, he sat where you're sitting. He knows what it is to have trouble. He knows what it is to feel sickness. He carried every infirmity, sickness, and disease to the cross. He knows what it is to be rejected. At all points, he was tempted like we are. He sat where we're sitting, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of our need. My blessed God, that's the reason he came. So that we can know that he sat where we're sitting. And in our time of dilemma, 
obstacles and difficulties. He said, I'm going to give you grace and I'm going to give you peace, amen, in the time of your need. He came and he sat where you're sitting. He can, he can feel your pain. He knows what it is to be rejected. He knows what it is to be betrayed by a good friend. People that you don't care about can't hurt you. It's those you care about that betray you, that cause you to be hurt. Even his inner circle would betray him. He knows the hurt of sharp, piercing words. You're a devil. You're Beelzebub. You're a thief. You're a glutton. He knows the sharp words that people speak that bring pain into your life. He knows the feeling of being all alone. Feeling the world is against you. Standing by yourself. Having no one to help you. He knows what it's like to stand alone. He's been where you're at. Jesus came to sit where you're sitting. So when he came, he came to be able to give you the counsel. And he comes to give you wisdom. That he can really sincerely say, I know how you feel. Jesus didn't come with a condemning message. He didn't come to tell you you're going to hell. Amen. We know that. We know he didn't come to judge you and condemn you. He didn't come to guilt you. Because you see, he don't have a condemning message. He has a loving message. And Jesus came to relate to you that no matter your situation, that you would understand that there is still hope for you. Understand that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Understand that even in the most difficult of situations, that he has come, that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Religious people will condemn you, but Jesus come to love you. It doesn't mean that sin is right. But you see, Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He come to, with conviction. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is judgmental words against you because they've never sat where you're sitting. But Jesus comes with conviction to say, if you'll only believe upon me. I'll give you life. I'll give you hope. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever, that's you, that's me, whosoever 
would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. But in verse 17, he said, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might. Wasn't sure that anyone would ever call on his name and be saved. Wasn't sure that anyone would ever accept him. As, but he made the opportunity that we might be saved. He didn't come with condemnation, but just as Ezekiel of old did, he came and he sat where we're sitting right now. Jesus came to love you into the Father's family. You understand, mankind was kidnapped and held hostage. And the ransom price was God's own son. But you see, what the enemy did not understand was this is not the first Adam that you're messing with. But this is the last Adam that you're dealing with. And the last Adam isn't going to relinquish his authority. But the last Adam has come to give authority back to the sons and the daughters of God. And so everything that the first Adam lost in the garden, the last Adam, Jesus, came and restored it back to mankind. Amen. Man was separated. Amen. He had to turn him on the cross, praise God, that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. And when he did, he made it uh, the availability for mankind to reconnect with Father God. He came so he could relate to you. He came so he could show you his love. And the Father show you the way to a victorious life. Jesus came and he walked on this earth for 33 and a half years. He felt every emotion mankind would ever feel. He is the Son of God, but he took off his divinity and he wrapped himself in humanity. He went into the dressing room of Mary's womb. He came out, Emmanuel, God with us. And he walked on this earth, not as God, but as a man. So he could feel your pain. He could feel your hurt. He could feel your difficulty. He could feel your emotions. And when he came and walked through this earth, he, when he said it is finished, he knew all the pain. He knew all the suffering. He knew all the difficulty. He knew every sickness, infirmity. He understood every emotion that man would ever feel. And he carried it to the cross and he cried, it is finished. Jesus loved you, sir. He loved you, ma'am, so much that he was born to die. He was born to die so you can live. Not only here, but in the world to come. You see, you might have a diamond ring waiting for you under the tree. I hope you do. 
Perhaps it's the latest gadget that Apple has put out. Staff has talked me into this plug and play. It's miserable. Don't ever go there. These gadgets, they're great when they work, but you're in trouble when they don't. But if that's what you want, I hope it's under the tree. It might be new clothes. It might be keys to a new car. All of that is great. And if that's what the desire of your heart is, I I hope you receive it all. But I've come today to tell you that the greatest gift that you will ever receive is not under the tree, but hanging on the tree. The perfect gift is not under the tree, but just look up and you'll see him. He has that crown of thorns upon his head. He's been pierced in his side. He is nothing to look at and say that's beautiful. But he has brought you the perfect gift. Amen. The perfect gift is that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Not only in this present world. If only in this world we have hope, we're of all men most miserable. But today I come to tell you that you can have hope beyond this world. We can have life to its fullest. The perfect gift came to hang on a tree so that we all can have life. Not just here on earth, but in the world to come. We are all sinners. We were born into the fallen nature of Adam. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's why the perfect gift had to come in order to save us from our sins. You see, salvation is really easy. People make it complicated. It's not. Nothing that God ever gives you is is complicated. It's very simple. You must acknowledge that you're a sinner. That you haven't done everything right. That you have fallen short of the glory of God. Then you must believe. Believe that He is the Son of God. That He died. He was buried. And He arose again. So that you could have abundant life. But then you must confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Savior and your Lord. And the moment that you do that, the perfect gift becomes yours. And the Bible says that He takes our sin, gathers it up, and throws it as far as the east is from the west never to be remembered against us any longer. How far is the east from the west? They never meet.
That's the reason he come, my brothers and sisters, so he could sit where you're sitting. They say, Pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm bound. He knows what bondage is. Pastor, my, my family's in turmoil. We, we, we've got things going on. Show me a family that doesn't. Some seem greater than others at different times of your life. But that's the reason we all need Jesus. We all need Him. Can't make it without Him. You say, well, I can do this on my own. The reality is this. If you could fix it on your own, it'd already be done. Nobody is able to do it on their own. But with Christ, with Christ, we could take the time today and we could, as I scan over this crowd today, we could have testimonies of people that have been addicted to drugs for years, but God set them free. We could have people testimony today of a death sentence that has been given to them by the doctors and said, you're going to die and not live. But they're here today as a testimony against the enemy that with Jesus, all things become possible. We could have testimony time of families that seemed to be broken and severed and, and there was all hope was lost. But somehow God came into the situation and brought healing into those relationships to where they're happier now than they've ever been. It's all because of the love of Christ. It's all because he set where we're setting. All we have to do is accept him. Call upon his name. Receive this perfect gift. Would you stand with me today, please? bow for just a moment you're here today and you say Pastor Brian you know what I've never accepted that perfect gift in my life I haven't accepted him as Savior and Lord of my life you're here today and you say you know what I've, I've, I've accepted him but it's been a long time that relationship is strained I need to renew that relationship with him I want to accept that today, what he has done for me. I want to live it to the fullest in my life. If that's you today, I want to see your hand. Just slip up your hand. This won't save you. I just want to pray for you. God bless you. Is there others? Is there others today? God bless you. Pastor, I want to accept this perfect gift in my life today. I want my life to be different than what it is. I believe the message that you have spoke today. I believe my life can be changed. I believe it can be different. Yes, I see. I see you. Thank you. 
waiting another moment. There's others today. You don't have to struggle with this. The question is, do you want your life to be better? Do you want it to change? Are you tired of sin? Are you tired of going down dead-end streets only to be left alone and hopeless and broken? If so, just look up from the bottom and look to the center of that tree today. Your hope is there, but you must accept it. I'm waiting just another moment. Is there others? Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. God bless you. Yes, yes. Amen. Someone else. Yes, I see you. Thank you. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. This is the reason we do what we do. That lives can be changed. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I pray now for these who have raised their hands. God, we know today that we can't do it on our own. We know today that we don't have the ability by ourselves. But today we come to you, God. And we ask you that you will give them the strength, that you will give them the grace to live for you. You said that we would believe, acknowledge that we are a sinner, that we need a Savior. That we would believe upon you and we would confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that we are saved. So Father, today I pray that you give each and every one that has raised their hands today the courage to take the steps. In Jesus' name. If you've raised your hand or you want your life to be changed, I want to pray a prayer with you. And then we'll go from there. But I want, if you really meant when you raised your hand or you say, you know what, Pastor Brian, I wanted to, but I didn't do it. This is for you as well. But right there where you